Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Tessa Lavoie joining us here, the owner and CEO of Strategic Event Management, based out of Canada, but worldwide. She's working with people as a full-service entertainment, uh, an event company, I should say, uh, dedicated to creating unforgettable experiences for clients with many years of experience and passion for excellence. Well, she's back now uh, talking about how she can help you plan for that next event. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you doing, Jill? I'm doing great. As always, pleasure to have you here on Friday. I know we have a special guest today as well. Yes. And so welcome everyone to, you know, Strategic Event Management, the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by uh, our Marketing and Coordination Manager at Strategic Event Management, Harmony. And Harmony is going to give us some uh, talk to us about her experience, event marketing significance, and related campaigns. I know that when it comes to events in general, we always, you know, take photos and see what happens in front of us, but there's so much thought behind the scenes into the buildup and even just the day of and even post-marketing that I think today's uh, conversation is really going to be insightful for those uh, looking to plan events in the near future. Beautiful. Tell us how we can reach you, and then we want to get to know our friend, Harmony. <laughs> so Definitely. tell us the website. Definitely. So you can visit us at strategiceventmgmt.com and there you can learn more about everything that we do, variety of events, as well as learn more about our team. Uh, you can learn more about Harmony there. You can learn more about the rest of our team and uh, learn about some of our upcoming as well as past events as well. Harmony, it's so nice to have you on the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Harmony, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah. So, I come from a background in tech and agencies, both in the in the marketing world. I've been with Strategic Event Management now for just over a year now, um, and really, a lot of the marketing world that I've been exposed to when I first started out my career was, you know, just post pandemic. Everything was very much online, um, and then, you know, over the last year, I've been more exposed to in-person events, which has come with, you know, lots of learning and exploration and testing. Um, it's been great. That's awesome. And I mean, in terms of, because I know you and I have chatted about it in the past too, like there's, it's crazy the amount of overlap I seem to see in the tech space and even just event space, even with the pandemic. How have you kind of seen that correlation from a marketing perspective yeah there's definitely been like a shift with um you know the approach to events um mm -hmm. i i've really been seeing a trend towards more hybrid the hybrid approach is probably mm -hmm. the most popular um event strategy within the tech world specifically i'm seeing um because it really does give you more more reach um and it's it's a little bit less risky you know because you're getting more reach there there is that that factor of you know a lot of tech companies are thinking about their their uh, total cost of operations their roi everything that goes into everything with an event um and the hybrid you know it's a little bit of a safety net where you still know you're going to hit those numbers all across the world you don't just have to hit you know if you're just in the states you can also get your canadian audience and it also gives you the opportunity to record and repurpose all of that content for later um so it's 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 a really good strategy that i've been seeing um and i usually recommend most clients consider it now 
Definitely. I know that our, the, like in the event space, you're exactly right. The hybrid model is, I think going to be here to stay. There's so much longevity mm-hmm. and from a marketing perspective, just the ROI is, is really spectacular and interesting. One thing that I want to dive in a little bit more in terms of, you know, our audience getting to know you is, you know, a little bit of your, your background as well. Cause one thing that I've really enjoyed about working with you is your, your experience, knowledge, and education in a variety of backgrounds and cultural backgrounds and how that has really helped the marketing. So I'd love for you to dive in a little bit more into that. Me too. I'd love to get to know you. (laughs) (laughs) Allow me to uh, indulge you in myself. Um, So I initially studied um, anthropology um, at the University of Guelph here in Ontario, Canada. my focus was on Canadian Indigenous health rights um, because it's something that I was always very passionate about. Um, and then I ended up doing my postgrad in marketing. And that's kind of come to fruition working with strategic event management um, with the um, Truth and Reconciliation Week that we we helped to facilitate. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's definitely been... Um, it's been great being able to kind of blend those two worlds together and bring, you know, my experience in digital um, to that to that platform as well. Definitely. And I mean, that's that experience, that knowledge and that um, just that education culturally is so beneficial. And I mean, just from a marketing perspective in the last year some some milestones like even just with truth and reconciliation week the fact that from a marketing and online perspective we were able to reach over two million students and so many different marketing components um i'd love to hear from you in terms of some of those milestones and and lessons learned um resulting in those um those key milestones and achievements yeah you know i think that's probably definitely the biggest event that I've been personally involved in. Um, And I think my biggest takeaway is starting so much earlier than you think you need to. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is, there's so many, there's so many moving pieces. Um, There's, you know, it's not just yourself and your team that you need to have good communication with. It's multiple different teams who have multiple different goals, right? Um, mm-hmm. And really having those meetings early and aligning on what the what the goal is. You know, sometimes it's, it's easy to get really lost in the details of these events. But, you know, you, you really have to start early and bring it back to basics. Like, why are you doing it? What do you want to get out of it? And, and who is it for? Um, and some, sometimes, you know, you skim over those details because you assume that everybody just gets it because it's in your head and you get it. Um, but when you bring all those teams together from the get-go early on um, and set those expectations, I find that that's when you have the most success um, and that's when you can actually set your KPIs, set your goals, set your measurements and reassess at the end and be like, you know, uh, it's it's not, you know, assessing from um, instinct is great, but assessing with numbers um, is even better. I'm a very analytical person, if you couldn't tell. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the proof is in, in the details, the proof is in the pudding. Um, so, yeah, starting early. Having your, your messaging and your, your alignment early is probably the most important thing that I took from those really, really big stadium events. 
Wow. Could you share some like real life examples of some of these marketing strategies you've used? Yeah, I would say something that's been really um, significant was the like email marketing strategies. Um, so, for example, with some of it, some of our audience is um, teachers who will be out for a couple months of the, the year from their emails. Right. They get summers off um, and all the power to them. Do not check your emails. Enjoy your time off. You know what I mean? Um, but when you're um, hitting them with an event that's um, early, mid-September, end September, I think is, is when it actually is, um, that means that your your email campaigns aren't going to be effective for the two months prior. Mm -hmm. So a big learning is, you know, making sure that your target audience is receiving the communication at the right time. So making sure that they're um, getting those emails before they go on vacation as almost like a, hey, here's a, a save the date. Make sure it's top of mind before they go so that when they're scrambling in September to organize kids who have been off for two months and are, are crazy um, and they have a, the entire year to organize, it's already a event that's top of mind. So making sure that you like really get um, a cadence for how many emails we were sending and finding that sweet spot of not overburdening people with emails um, and finding when it really hits, when they when they want to see it, when they need to see it for us to actually hit those goals. Definitely. And, you know, that really shows the, the power of event marketing. And I know one question that um, I heard come up a lot of times, not just with that project, but with different projects as well, is how do you make that email campaign stand out? So using, I guess... You know the the example that we're discussing now chances are teachers are going to be getting a ton of emails come june different things wrapping up report cards uh just a variety of different things coming through as well as the excitement for the summer and so what are some effective marketing and promotional tools that we can utilize within an email campaign to make it stand out amongst the rest yeah i my main um, messaging with emails and what I like to tell people is to keep it simple. Um, people have so many emails in their inboxes and they, you know, they don't have time to go through these massively long emails day over day. Um, it's great to send um, maybe one email. I, I suggest like your first email promoting it, put the fun details into it. Um, but after that, if you're sending segmented follow-up emails, and what I mean by segmented is you're choosing people who have not registered yet. So a lot of um, email platforms like your HubSpots, your MailChimp's will enable you to segment for people who have not signed up yet and send them follow-up emails that are a little bit shorter and they're, you know, the messaging is a bit more timely and and encouraging them to to sign up again so really using those tools to capitalize on your different segmentations is really important for that definitely definitely i know there's nothing worse than getting you know those those crazy long emails that you <laughs> yeah. have yeah. to scroll through as if it's a novel yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and so kind of in terms of segueing i guess out of email campaigns with tools like MailChimp and that sort of thing, looking at different campaigns and materials, what are some different marketing tools and campaigns from an event perspective, Harmony, that you would recommend that 
event coordinators, uh, clients looking to expand their events, et cetera, really keep in mind uh, as an additional tool within that tool belt. So as far as like brand management, brand design go, um, the best bang for your buck is going to be Canva. Um, if we're looking for a specific tool, there are the, um, the Adobe's and everything. Um, but that, you know, it, it does require you have a pretty robust graphics team in your pocket. Um, and if you're looking to really scale an event with, um, you know, a more small scale team, Canva is my personal best friend. Um, it really helps with all the brand goals that I, I hit for, you know, inside, outside of event marketing. Um, yeah, I know Tessa, you've worked with it before too. It's a great tool yeah. to use. Yeah. It's fabulous. And so in terms of, like we develop on Canva has a variety of projects, different tools, kind of expanding it from there. Um, what would you say are some other tools kind of bringing Canva to the audience that we should be keeping in mind and continuing to recommend? Yeah, so as far as like bringing the assets in front of people, mm -hmm. um, social media obviously is the most cost effective channel that always um it doesn't cost anything to have a social media account um but then you can also take it a step further and if you if you're really looking um to get it in front of your target audience and let's say maybe you don't have um, a massive following yet because you're, you're like this is a new event we haven't really built those relationships with our audience yet um social media also has promotional tools to them as well so um I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and of Facebook because they're very segmented in who you're mm -hmm. able to target. LinkedIn more so um, because the segmentation takes it like 10 steps further than anything else. Um, it's, it's a really great tool for specifically if you're looking for sponsors as well um, because that's that's where people with more of the purchasing power are. Um, whereas when I'm using like a Facebook or an Instagram in my marketing strategies, it's more so like the the attendee. So maybe it's like the teacher that you're targeting for this event that we're doing in September and they would bring it to their boss versus when you're using LinkedIn, it's more of the, you know, the executives in schools, you're able to target mm -hmm. those people who have the purchasing power and the um, the budget and, and are making the final decision. So a variation of those kind of channels. Um, yeah. And I mean, in terms of, so we, you know, creating promotion, promotional materials, and I know that the beautiful part about social media is the capability to really raft and compel an, a, a nice story, like some storytelling when it comes to the event, event development, whether it be targeted, as you mentioned, to a sponsor, to an audience member. But I know one thing that um, as someone, as Harmony knows very well, that although I am good at scrolling through social media, I'm not very good at using it. <laughs> um, that's And Harmony is, well, is very good at it. I am not. But I know that there's a variety of different components and different platforms. So, you know, there's there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's I feel like the list gets longer. Oh, yeah, now the Snapchat. Day. Everyone's doing the Snapchat, too. I can't keep right? up personally. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> and so I guess with so many options out there, Harmony, what would you 
recommend to and I realize that it's different depending on the event and the group yeah but what would you recommend that individuals keep in mind let's say if they're debating between TikTok or Instagram or Facebook and Twitter you know how how can they lower that never-ending list yeah that's a great question um so if you're you know, a newer event, you don't have a massive team and you're feeling overwhelmed by how many platforms there are, how much social media platforms there are. Um, I usually recommend the ones that don't require as much labor. So, you know, the Instagram reels and the TikToks are so much fun, but there's a lot of editing that goes into it. So you're going to be spending a lot more time on those. So if people are, are strapped for time, I usually tell them, leave those for after once you've scaled up um, and stick to the, the Facebook and LinkedIn posts because those ones it's really easy to um, share a link and they usually render an image from your website that pre-exists it's a lot less labor versus something like Instagram even per se where it requires a graphic every single time people are looking at your grid feed right and they're looking at the flow of it and you want to make sure that these images are dynamic and that they're not too similar but they're branded there's a lot more work that goes into it so i would say if you're starting out go for linkedin go for facebook um and it's really easy to repurpose the same thing on the different accounts copy and paste do the same thing usually if you're sharing like a website page it'll render your image for you um, and start there and then scale into your instagram um and if it's if it's a new event, it's going to be a lot harder to hit the the reels um, because you're you're not going to have content to work with. And, and um, even like the new, um, isn't there? There's some new apps that are actually making it a little easier for us to post different platforms yeah. at the same time. That that could save some time too. Yeah, there's lots like um, Loomly, Lucia, even your your Facebook um, feed or what do they call it now? Meta. Um, you can schedule your Instagram and your Facebook all at once. And LinkedIn also has a scheduling tool now too. If you're not wanting to like pay up the premium price for a scheduling, um, app. Cool. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. In terms of those scheduling apps, what are some of your favorites and what would you recommend? Cause I know like personally, I, like the the meta business suite as an example is a it looks like a great tool i personally find it i just looked at that last week i have i haven't used it yet (laughs) harmony do you know anything about it it? so confusing personally so harmony what would you recommend to people like jill and i who are already confused (laughs) (laughs) so the the pros and the cons of it really are like if you're using something like a lucia or a loomly which is these scheduling apps, I stopped using them partially because it's hard to schedule any video content in them. Um, and video is kind of the way that the social media consumers are, are preferring to see content. Um, the limiting part of using Meta is that you can only schedule up to a certain date. I think it's like three weeks in advance. And personally, My brain is already in 2024, Um, so I need to schedule things like yesterday, you know, like everything's planned so far in advance. And if you're like myself, then these scheduling apps are going to be a lot, they're going to be your toolkit. 
but mixing in the fact that you will probably have to still use meta to schedule any of your video content so you're going to have to learn both if you're going to be hitting all those different platforms okay okay that's definitely something to to keep in mind and to yeah. know and i mean jill i know that like from my perspective it's more of you know how to grow um in an event audience base audience mm-hmm and I know yourself, you know, you see a lot of events and attend a lot of events. So on that side, what are some of the things that you look for in a social media post? Me in particular, I like everything's about reels now, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram with the two platforms that I use most. But I and now what I'm really loving on Instagram, they've come out with uh, certain templates. So instead of sitting there having to really edit picture by picture to make a video or video by video, there's a template that you're just going to drag your material in and it automatically takes it to like, say, two seconds for one shot, uh, then three seconds and two seconds. And it makes it quick and easy. And uh, I, I just love that new feature. Do you guys know about the templates? Yeah, yeah. Harmony, have you used those templates? No, I I don't use them as much. I, I still prefer editing in Canva. It gives me a little bit more personalization and customization for what I produce. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm big into the reels now. I think that's important. I look for that uh, when I'm scrolling through. I just love watching reels. And there is statistics behind this and research that shows, you know, our attention span is so short. So they're suggesting yeah. us to do, you know, short, shorter reels. That's why I like the uh, the template ones because I'm so used to doing a minute and 30 reel. But think about it. We, we lose the interest of our audience very quickly. So we have to try to capture them as quick as possible. <laughs> Definitely. And then Harmony, isn't, uh, aren't a lot of the platforms via their algorithms prioritizing reels as well? They're prioritizing reels and they're prioritizing reels that are made in the app. So if you're, yeah. So the, the templates, um, is really Instagram encouraging you to use their platform and not TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're, it, what was really happening over the last you know couple of years with the, the big boom of TikTok is people are making TikToks, downloading their content and repurposing on Instagram. Um, but Instagram is prioritizing ones where you're making it in their app because they want you spending more time in their app, right? Like that's how social media works. They want you to spend all the time in there. Um, so if you, you know, I personally just make it in Canva and publish it. Um, because it's a little bit more refined. Um, But if you're looking to do something quick and on the go, I would recommend doing it in app for larger events where you're, you're likely trying to make something that looks a little bit more um, branded. I would recommend doing it pre producing it and then publishing it later. Mm, All right, great. And we still got just a few minutes left in the show. So Tessa, what else did you want to make sure we cover for today? Definitely. And so I, I know that in terms of we've talked about really adjusting those marketing strategies to the audience and different components that way, I guess I'd love, and I know this is a hard question to answer, so I apologize (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, Harmony, but where do you see some of the event marketing growing and changing in the next year or so? I feel like so much has changed so quickly during COVID, post-COVID. Um, what would you estimate or guess is coming up? It's a great question. 
Um, I'll just go and consult my uh, magic looking ball. No, okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You got me for a second. I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please hold. No. Um, yeah, obviously the hybrid events are, are really popular, but I'm also seeing like people want to be in person again. A lot of the, you know, I, I've watched um, the keeping track of the numbers with some some people who do just exclusively webinars still and their numbers are declining rapidly because people want in-person interaction we're human we want to build connections we want to network um so you know i see the hybrid being really popular and i'm going to continue to encourage people to do in-person events it's a little bit more risky um there's more um factoring into ROI but when you you know when you're working with uh, an event manager they're they're there to make sure that you're hitting your goals and that it's not a massive swap definitely thank you so much for for joining us today Harmony I really do appreciate it so do I I. you got to (laughs) remind us and tell us how we can reach out to you as well um you can reach out to me um through, through the strategic event management page, you can find um, my contact information there. Perfect. And that's at uh, www.strategiceventmgmt.com. Thank you for memorizing that. I was trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies, what do we have planned for the weekend? Anything exciting work-wise or family-wise? Uh, work, work, work for me. I, uh, I think Harmony's under the same boat. I know she's uh, yeah. a busy, busy person. I'm working and then I'm taking a couple minutes on Sunday, a couple minutes, more than that, to do a little bit of pickling. And that's it. Good. All right. <laughs> Tessa, Tessa, how did you want to sum up for today? Um, I'd say that in terms of event marketing, you know, it's important to work with a team that's able to encompass everything. You know, there's more to events than the logistics, the same way there's more to an event than the registration marketing is such an important component and it's important to work with a team that understands every facet so if you have an event in the near future and you are looking to work with a team that can assist you with every component please keep strategic event management in, in mind remember our website is strategiceventmgmt.com and you can also reach us at info at strategiceventmgmt.com <laughs> Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt-U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.